Take a moment and think about how you feel right now. Are you stressed? Anxious? Tired? Happy? Now, take a few moments to listen. any changes in your mood or energy? If you did, great. But if not, it may be because you were already feeling good, or maybe you didn't have a big enough dose of music, which we'll get to later in this podcast. It's no secret that a good tune can elevate your mood or certain background music can put you in a good mind frame for studying. But did you know that there's a science to that? Hi, I'm Dr. Mitzi Crockover, and you're listening to Beyond the Paper Gown. Today's guest has harnessed that science and created an app that, according to her, can measurably improve mood, reduce stress, and more, showing that music indeed may soothe that savage beast within us. But first, I want to take a moment to tell you about another podcast on the Offscript Health Media Network. The Cycle is a podcast about endometriosis. Host Melissa Boudreaux highlights stories from patients or endo-warriors, as she calls them, as well as provides helpful information about the disease and ways to cope with it. She takes on topics like infertility, the challenge of getting a diagnosis, and how innovators are providing solutions. You can find a link in our podcast notes. It's my pleasure today to welcome Jamie Pabst, founder and CEO of Spiritune. Tell us what Spiritune is. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Mitzi. It's great to be here. And as for Spiritune, uh, what are we? We are at a high level, a therapeutic music app. Uh, What that means for us is um, we are leveraging the clinical side of music therapy and marrying that with the evidence-based research side of neuroscience. So kind of music perception, music cognition, Um, between those two, um, creating a music solution that is targeted for everyday mental health outcomes. Um, So the everyday person can use audio um, to manage various mental health needs from brain fog, focused attention, um, relaxation, sleep, anxiety, a whole host of kind of things that the everyday person is dealing with these days. Absolutely. I can't imagine anything that's more timely. And that's why I was so excited to speak with you today. When you talk about music therapy, I kind of think about literally a therapist there providing, you know, uh, help um, 
to, to make some changes in maybe cognition from a rehabilitation standpoint. Mm-hmm. So how did that come to be married, as you said, with the neuroscience to do what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Music therapy is traditionally um, found in a clinical setting where an individual music therapist is working one-on-one with a patient and they um, adapt and, and um, you know play music that is personalized to the individual person's condition, whether that's you know PTSD, dementia, Alzheimer's, et cetera. Um, and so in terms of coming up with an everyday um, digital music therapy tool, we had to think about um, what what are the ways we can personalize music in real time for the for the person that's logging in with a specific symptom. So in order to do that, we needed to take music therapy principles, but also think about the world of neuroscience and how our brain receives auditory stimuli. We really needed to have a firm understanding of um, music cognition uh, and perception, um, biomusicology, evolutionary biology, psychology, all of these things that kind of underlie neuroscience kind of as a broad um, field of study and research um, to really be able to personalize music in the moment in a digital application. You started out in finance. And here you are, the CEO and founder of a music therapy plus neuroscience company. How did that come to be? Essentially, it was living through the 2008 financial crisis when um, it was a pretty frightening time for everyone, not knowing what was happening in the world, if the world was coming to an end. I was trying to figure out what could what could I use in the moment uh, when feelings of stress and anxiety were surfacing throughout my workday. And the reason why music came to mind was two things from my personal background. One, my uh, kind of uh, life experience with a mother who became deaf when she was pregnant with me. Um, So living through kind of uh, my upbringing, uh, kind of struggling with communication as my mom um, suffered from hearing loss, I had a instilled a deep appreciation for the sense of sound in the way that uh, perhaps the everyday person uh, perhaps takes for granted. Um, So kind of how the sense of sound affects our quality of life and our health. And then secondly, my sister who went to college to get her degree in music therapy, I was still in fourth grade at the time. So, you know, still quite young to understand the whole world of music and health. And I thought that was the coolest thing that she would pursue a degree in music, which I thought was cool, but then married with health, the health component, I just thought that was completely fascinating. And so when it came to this catalyst of feeling stressed and anxious in the workplace, uh, you know, working in finance, I had this aha moment of, I wonder if you could apply music therapy principles from a health perspective to address everyday mental health anxiety, stress, um, alleviate those symptoms for the everyday person. Wow. That's, first of all, that's a very, you know, again, profound story, especially about your mother. So thank you for sharing that with us. Here you were, you knew that music was potentially a key to helping you manage your stress and your mood. And so then how did you pursue that? 
Yeah, so it wasn't all at once. I didn't just say, this is a great idea and I'm going to go for it. Uh, but I did, <laughs> because I had all these questions, it was, a, it was purely a question that I wanted to find the answer to in terms of, could the field of music therapy in a clinical setting be transferred into a digital solution? I wasn't sure. Um, so basically what I did is I did some research online to find out who, you know, who was leading some of uh, the clinical endeavors in music therapy um, and neuroscience. So kind of Googling <laughs> music and health, music, uh, neuroscience and music and health, just reaching out to folks based on who was leading this research. And so um, as I reached out to folks, uh, music therapists and neuroscientists posing this question um, or hypothesis, um, to my delight, many got back to me saying, this is a really great idea and it certainly, you know, could be done. Um, if you're interested, we could, you know, help out in, in working on, on this. So essentially I started a research project. Um, what I found was we were sitting on this whole entire body of knowledge on how music could be adapted. You know, I say the word music, but music is comprised of over 600 variables uh, in terms of timbre, tonality, pitch range, pitch height. And we addressed all of these based on how um, they affect an emotional state or a cognitive state. And so at the end of it all, um, we felt like we were sitting on something that was really powerful that hadn't been addressed before. And so uh, it felt like we had to do something. And so that's when I kind of started a team well, you know, I have had a chance to download the app. I think that people are increasingly familiar, for example, with binaural sounds, right, for going to sleep and increasing your theta waves and all that, which isn't really music so much as it's sound. And then I listen to what Spiritune um, has, and it's not quite a song. It's not songs or, you know, a playlist like we think about, but it is much more musical, than those sounds. So how did those come to be created? Yeah, so the reason why we focus only on music, not on binaural beats um, or kind of uh, frequency tones is because music has the unique capacity to carry an emotional valence. Um, so as you mentioned, it sounds pleasant. It may not be you know, a top music hit that you're gonna hear on the top <laughs> of the pop charts, but it is mu musical and it is because yeah, I mean, of I was kind of swaying to some of the music. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's good music, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thank you. It's, um, it's because of the musicality, I'll use that word, in the composition that is able to for your brain to um, kind of latch onto. And as those musical elements shift, that is when kind of the transition to kind of the target state, which is a core part of what Spiritune does and is a core part of music therapy um, called the ISO principle, which is to meet you where you're at uh, emotionally, cognitively, and to transition you to where you would like to go. Um, and that can all be done through shifting the musical properties. So that can't really be done through... Um, you know, binaural beats or a, an individual kind of frequency tone that some people refer to um, when they think of kind of auditory stimulation. Um, so that is kind of the unique component of what we do. And 
we want people to be pleased with their, you know, hearing experience. Music is the one thing that cross-culturally and historically has been a pastime for people. You know, binaural beats is something that people do, but isn't necessarily pleasing. Um, you know, people it's like will eating do it. your broccoli without yeah. any butter or lemon. <laughs> it's like you'll do it because it's healthy. But when we think about music being healthier, we would just rather create music with more clinical uh, information or clinical backing um, and give people an enjoyable experience. I noticed with the app, it asks you, you know, where are you now in terms of your mood? And then where do you want to be? Have you then tracked that in a, a more structured situation so that you have, for what it's worth, clinical outcomes? Yes. Yeah, so when we think of outcomes, there's a variety of ways, you know, we kind of track that per se. Um, one is we ask the individual in every listening session that's 10 minutes or longer, um, do you feel like you reached your desired outcome? So that's a self-reported subjective survey, which matters. If you feel you felt better, sure. then that is great. And so we have thousands of these user responses now um, that come in on a daily basis. And that is sitting at around 94%, which wow. means that everyone who's decided to answer the survey has felt they've re reached their desired emotional state using Spiritune. So that's something we're really proud of. Um, and we hope to see more of. And then secondarily, in terms of outcome, we just completed an independent large-scale study on Spiritune music listening in terms of positive and negative affect um, and also executive function against three other audio conditions that you know people may turn to um, other than Spiritune. And so the results were really significant in terms of Spiritune showing um, improvement and positive affect, reduction of negative affect, and um, showing vast improvements in executive function against the other three conditions. So we're really excited about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll talk more specifically about how to listen and dose music to achieve the desired effect. Welcome back to Beyond the Paper Gown. Before the break, I was chatting with Jamie Pabst, founder of Spiritune, about the promising results of the app on mood and executive function. Executive function are those skills that help us plan, organize, and basically get things done. So when someone uh, wants to change their mood or wants to improve their focus, is there a certain kind of prescribed amount of time they should be listening or amount of times that they should be doing this over a period of days or weeks? We call it dosage. <laughs> we call it music. Oh, listening dosage. Okay. Um, so the, the answer to that is not quite standard in terms of um, the dosage is definitely um, a function of, you know, how badly you're feeling, what time of day you, uh, what, you know, is it morning? Is it, um, uh, is it afternoon? Are you working? Are you trying to get to sleep? And also what are you doing at the time, right? Are you doing nothing and just deeply listening? Or are you trying to, are you doing really a uh, rigorous, uh, a rigorous task? So there's all these variables that, um, the dosage, the really, the listening dosage, um, could affect the outcome, right? Um, but that being said, one of the great benefits of music is that you can feel the effect almost immediately. Um, uh, 
music is such a fast conductor of human emotion that you can usually feel a shift as the musical elements are shifting um, just from your own subjective kind of feeling or, you know, hearing. But secondarily, um, in terms of physiological changes, such as breath rate and heart rate, those tend to be on a lag time. So they may not kick in immediately. So usually I would say if, you know, we want to be pigeonholed to some rough dosage, um, around nine to 14 minutes is kind of where you might see some kind of physiological shifts happening in terms of um, the entrainment of your breath, entrainment of your heart rate. Um, and so that's pretty quick, really, you know, when it comes to feeling better, um, managing your fight or flight response. Um, but that with it really is circumstantial based on a variety of conditions. Do you know how long that effect lasts? Effect or duration of effect is, I would say, uh, varied based on kind of your personal condition. Um, but usually people report that, you know, it can be, you know, it can be felt just, you know, with a few minutes of listening, you know, something that carries them to their next meeting or, you know, puts them in a better mood. And then, you know, depending on if they feel like they've deteriorated in their um, mood, they can tap right back into it. Um, and does it matter if you listen to it with headphones versus AirPods or even uh, through a speaker? Yeah, so great question. The We recommend a personal listening device, so headphones or AirPods, um, only because the music is personalized to your personal state. So if you're listening through, um, let's say, a speaker, other people you know, might be around, there might be other audio or other kind of chatter, right? That's disturbing some of the, uh, um, you know, the purity of the sound. So, you know, personals, uh, personal AirPods or headphones are what we recommend, but we do have people that use it with their families. For example, like after work, they'll try to get on the same emotional state with their family, whether it's like cooking dinner or, um, having dinner at the end of the evening. So that's kind of a nice way to kind of bring a community aspect into the listening um, the listening session. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, I actually have a question about that. But first, I'm going to ask you because it relates to the, the, the prescription, if you will. Your website says that Spiritune is creating a world where those headphones can become health tools. So is that what you are alluding to? Is that you can maybe, again, um, maybe obviously not for a clinical depression or something that's much more challenging, but a change in mood or change or, or reducing stress, which we know is definitely a health issue. Yeah, I think it's it was meant to be more of a playful but educational um, kind of <laughs> statement in terms of, you know, AirPods and headphones aren't traditionally seen as health tools, right? So um, they're strictly utilitarian in terms of connecting you to an audio source, just as we're talking right now. So most people use headphones, you know, to talk on the phone or, or to listen to entertainment based music. But when we kind of made that statement, it was meant more in the um, vein of, if you're listening to the right music, those headphones certainly can be thought of as health tools, um, because auditory stimuli is very impactful on how our brain um, processes auditory stimuli and therefore how we feel. And so that was kind of 
how we were thinking about that statement. (laughs) And then going back to that um, comment that you made about having everybody listen at the same time to kind of get in the mood, if you will. And I remember hearing about a company, I think it's the one that kind of pipes in music, you know, this is going back a few years, uh, to retailers and, you know, other stores, commercial entities to make people buy more and to really, you know, change behavior. So is it that same principle? That is the interesting irony of all of this is that, you know, for decades and decades, um, big brands spend millions of dollars on the music selection to influence buying behavior, restaurants to influence getting people in or out the door. Um, So it is very much used to manipulate people. and for your better, I, that's what, for, I for better, want to say that, but you're, <laughs> for better or for worse ways. <laughs> so when we think about an opportunity or the power of music, that is a good example. Um, however, you know, our mission is to use music differently. Um, I can't speak to the scientific validity of how brands and restaurants are using music, um, but I would say they're generally trying to use music for um, you know a specific behavior they're looking from their customers to achieve. Um, So in much the same fashion, we are leveraging, I would say, many, many layers deeper in terms of purpose building the music, but for, you know, for good, let's say, in the world and (laughs) optimizing health outcomes. But it's a good analogy. Terrific. So, you know, you shared with me that you've been that you're currently pregnant. So congratulations. Thank and you. you had your ba- you had another baby during the pandemic as well. So have you been using music um, for the for your older child and also for your baby in utero? Absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't be a good ambassador of my own company if I wasn't. But um, yeah, music has been a huge influence in my own life, uh, personally, you know, since as long as I can remember. And then in terms of um, having a child, uh, it definitely has played a huge role. Um, so I gave birth to my first child uh, three months after the pandemic hit. So that was a quite anxiety riddled time. No one knew really sure. what the, what COVID was at that time. Um, so, and interestingly, just not beyond me, but a stat for you is that music actually became one of the most, um, utilized activities of the pandemic, um, to help people feel better when they were in isolation. Um, right. so this goes way beyond me, but it certainly was a coping mechanism for myself and I used it, you know, I could definitely feel that the baby responded to it. And even to this day, the child, I, the two-year-old, she's now two, um, has a lot of musical groove. And when it comes to, you know, thinking about the socialization of music and why it's so hardwired for us, you know, she had no social precondition, right? Other, you know, she doesn't know that music is cool or fun, um, but to see her move around to the music or see her, you know, mood shift that tells us something's happening because as a child, you don't know the, this is not socialized into, you know, her world yet. Do you, if she's having a bad day or whatever, do you 
well unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately (laughs) i used it more early days when she didn't have a say in the music um because and i would use it quite a lot on our sleep category um to get her to sleep in it amazingly you know this is when i was just having fun with it um got her to sleep quite you know quite reliably um, now that she's older, she likes, you know, some of the kids' songs and whatnot, which is fine. Um, but we do use it um, kind of in the background at certain moments in the day. And, um, and you know, this is no rigorous scientific study, but I do think, <laughs> I think it do, does help modulate, you know, some of the kind of emotional states. Yeah. And I, you know, you alluded to this, but the th- the, the usefulness of it during pregnancy, which is, I'm assuming there's no adverse effects of what you're doing, and it's a way to, to manage some of the, the challenges uh, while someone's pregnant, uh, which is really quite compelling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's definitely no side effects in terms of, <laughs> uh, you know, symptom, adverse symptoms. Um, and so, you know, again, music for most people is so enjoyable. So to give people a tool that can help and also be enjoyable feels quite novel these days when it feels like we have a glorified to-do list of the ways we should take care of ourselves. And um, so we're hoping that um, our approach is helpful in creating you know, better access and more enjoyability in people's lives. Have you looked at areas such as pain and modulating pain with respect to the the music that you're prescribing, if you will. Yeah. So I would say on kind of our, um, let's say, roadmap, if you will, the best example is working out, right? You know, sometimes working out in a rigorous, you know, setting. Um, Music is often used to reduce pain so that you can work out harder, longer, whatever it may be. And, you know, the it's essentially... um, kind of a few things in terms of music being able to to override sort of the pain receptors um, with something more pleasant. And so that can be in the thought of in the setting of working out, but it also can be thought of in the setting of, uh, of kind of an operative setting in the waiting room. Um, many people do use music as a substitute or at least to reduce some of the anesthesia or pain medication that they may um, use otherwise in an operative setting. And so that is something that really inspires us and think about more uh, precisely tuning the music for its specific um, needs and symptoms. Well, you know, obviously I'm very focused on women's health, especially when we're dealing with issues like chronic pelvic pain. I'd be really interested to see how that might um, modulate some of those uh, challenges. Absolutely. Um, that is something we're certainly is on our radar. <laughs> we want to help with, especially as a mother myself. Um, sure. um, we are working with some women's health companies in terms of addressing symptoms like brain fog, focus, and sleep, which can often be um, common symptoms, in, especially in pre, peri, and postmenopausal women. Sure. Um, and pregnant women, too, now that I think about it. Um, so when it comes to kind of addressing different populations, we think about it by symptoms. You know, it can be a man or a woman. It can be sure. a menopausal woman or a pregnant woman. It doesn't really matter because 
the music um, is addressing the symptom rather than necessarily uh, the population, right? Um, but yeah, it, pathophysiology, it, it, yeah, exactly. So, um, so it's it's of interest to us for sure. So I see I see well, a path to us working together, Mitzi. <laughs> there you go. I'll stay tuned. Um, and so, is this available? to everyone right now. And uh, I know that you've also been working with employers. So how would one uh, be able to access this? Yep. So the simplest way is you can just go download us on the App Store. Um, both were available on uh, for Android devices on Google Play and also iOS devices on the Apple App Store. Um, so any person could go download. Um, but we are um, having a lot of great success uh, on the enterprise side of things. So if you're lucky enough that your employer uh, provides Spiritune, then you can get it through access um, from your employer. And if you don't, you can come find me <laughs> um, or, and we'd be happy to talk to your employer about offering Spiritune. And how, how do they use that in the workplace? Yeah, so, um, you know, Here's a fun stat that 83% of people use headphones already in the workplace um, and believe that music can help them or they use some type of audio already. Um, so we're kind of meeting people where they're at in terms of behaviors that they're, um, that they're engaging in of their own devices. So, um, you know, we open up bulk licenses for the entire employee population and they can use Spiritune most commonly in the workflow setting to help with uh, focused attention as well as shifting any difficult emotions um, throughout their workday. Sure. Well, you know, those are the end of my specific questions, but what did I not ask you that you wanted to mention? When it comes to uh, health outcomes, you want most of the things you do to be rooted in science, right, or to come from a health authority. And so in that aspect, not all music is created equal. We certainly love for you to listen to your favorite songs when it feels right and appropriate, but when it turn when it comes to specific health outcomes you're looking to achieve in your day, whether that's addressing brain fog, um, finding focused attention and productivity at work, um, you know, shifting anxiety or stress uh, or emotional states, um, you know, the deeper work, the clinical knowledge base is really important. So when it comes to how Spiritune differentiates ourselves from kind of creative streaming platforms, that's that matters in terms of the clinical approach, the scientific approach to the audio we hear in our lives. Well, this has been fabulous. Uh, last question in is um, if you could suggest any one action that someone could take away either from this conversation or just your thoughts in general, what would you suggest in terms of improving their health? I would say something that feels underrated is, you know, tuning in to yourself. You know, how are you feeling? Your, our body is pretty um, fine-tuned in terms of telling us and giving us indicators on what's going on. Um, so taking a moment just to, in your day, to kind of tap into how you're feeling, how your body's feeling, how your um, mental state is, um, that would give you a lot of, a, a great start in terms of things you might want to start seeking out for yourself um, to improve your health. Um, 
other than that, I would say sleep for sure, because sleep, everybody <laughs> needs sleep. If you're looking for a universal um, tip, for sure, improving your sleep, which is something that Spiritune can help with. <laughs> Terrific. Well, Jamie Paps, thank you so much for being with us. And we'll have all the information on you and Spiritune on our uh, podcast notes. So thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. If you're interested in trying out Spiritune, it's available in the App Store and Google Play. And our listeners can get one month free using the code BTPG22. That's BTPG, as in Beyond the Paper Gown, 22. Thank you to Jamie Paps for making that offer available to us. And you can check out more resources for reducing stress on our website at beyondthepapergown.com. Beyond the Paper Gown is co-produced by Patrick Shambayati and me, and our assistant producer is Kyla McMillian. We thank you for listening.